Hello and welcome to the Lead Talks podcast. We aim to build a generation of young leaders who follow Christ and will transform their workplace by their very lives that echo purpose, integrity and excellence. I hope you will be encouraged and challenged by this week's talk. Very very excited. It's a privilege to have Colonel David here with us uh, for the session uh, following lunch, right? So this is going to awaken you. Um, the alumnus of National Defense Academy, Colonel David Devasahayam was commissioned into 2nd Battalion of the 8th Gorkha Rifles. After voluntarily retiring from the Indian Army, he set up the enormously successful Radiant Group of Companies, which employs over 8,000 personnel. Radiant Cash Management Service, is presently the third largest cash logistics company in India and recently went public with a very successful IPO. In 2012, he received the Socially Conscious Entrepreneur of the Year Award, followed by the Udyog Ratna from the Government of India. Put your hands together, ladies and gentlemen, as we invite Colonel David Deva Sahayam onto the stage. Thank you for this invitation because it's been such a pleasure listening to all the speakers and especially Janitha. Uh, I mean, as a teenager, what you've been through, I don't think, do I've been a military man, I would have had the courage to go through the same thing. So, thank you for your wonderful testimony and also all the other speakers. I hope I can match up. So, my story is different. I belong to a military background. Uh, my uh, uncle, my father's younger brother, Krishnadas, was killed in 1962 during the Chinese operation. We all proud as a family that his name features in the National Memorial at Delhi. My father. Uh, Joined uh, the army, he's a World War II veteran in 1944, and thereafter rose from the ranks to retire as a major in the Army Medical Corps. And uh, my mother is uh, Karnavati Devasahayam. She was a school teacher earlier, and thereafter uh, she was a homemaker. She's a very strict disciplinarian. So my brother John and I, we were schooled in all the places my father was posted, all over the country. And uh, so therefore the far-flung areas, there were not much of churching that was possible. So our home was our church. And uh, I remember two things happened. One is they led exemplary lives, both of them on Christian values, our home was built on Christian values. And every Sunday, as a family, we would get together. And just to keep in touch with Tamil, we'd sing only Tamil Kirtanaigal. So, Kangala Eredupen, Tandane Tudipome, Ella Mesue. These were the songs that we sang. And thereafter, my mother would read the Bible. And... Uh, my father would lead us in prayer. 
Their lives were their testimony. Simple, straightforward Christian lives. And my brother and I were the beneficiaries as a consequence. When I was uh, 15, I decided to join the National Defense Academy. So my father was an outstanding man, and uh, let me tell what lessons they gave us. My mother gave me only one gift. She said, you want to join the army? You've got to read Psalm 91 every day. So sure enough, I was presented with the Soldier's Bible in 1976 when I was 16. That continues to be with me with the, today. And the page on which Psalm 91 is there, you will find that uh, that particular page has uh, So Psalm 91, I have read in some crazy situations, but it's been inspirational for me. My father gave me two pieces of advice. One is said, walk with Jesus and build a working relationship with God. He said, you may not have a church to go to, you don't have to bend your knees, but you can remain in constant communication with God. That's a beautiful message he gave me, which I found one of the most pragmatic pieces of advice for any good Christian. And the second is that you said, he said you become a Christian on three things, on your thought, thought, word, and deed. These have remained with me. I have failed miserably, I know. But uh, thereafter, just to try the deed part, when I was 15 and trying for the NDA, my father was an outstanding man, he never drank, but he was a chain smoker. Genuine chain. Chain means you light the next cigarette or the butt of the last one. And my mother used to joke that this man is an advertisement for, his lungs are an advertisement. On one lung is written Capstan and on the other is Chaminar. Those were the brands those days. And uh, so I asked my dad, I said, if I get through the National Defense Academy, will you stop smoking. Now he was for a moment panic struck and thereafter he waited a day and the next day he came back to me and said yes I'll stop smoking. Thereafter I got through the NDA entrance exam, got through the merit list, the services selection board, I got through the medical exam and finally the joining instructions came. And the next day I was to leave for the National Defense Academy. So in the evening, we both went for a walk. I found him smoking furiously. You know. And uh, thereafter, we had a habit of sitting together and having a chat on the lawn. So there were a couple of wicker chairs and we were sitting. So finally, around 10.30, he said, son, I think you've got a train to catch tomorrow. I think you should turn in now. And he took the cigarette like that. And he threw it and he said, that's the last cigarette. And trust me, he never smoked again. I mean, that was for you in terms of keeping your word to a teenage son in terms of his deed. 
And sure enough, my good mother latched on to it. And she said, now you're joining the army, when I was joining the army. And said, so now what is your promise? And I promised her that I'll remain a teetotaler. And to date, I've remained a teetotaler despite all these years in uniform. So this photograph you see is when I joined the National Defense Academy. I done one term there. From there, I was under training and uh, passed out of the National Defense Academy in 1979 and 1980. Finally, this very proud moment for my father. When I joined the Indian Army at the age of 20, I joined the 2nd Battalion of the 8th Gorkha Rifles. And my parents are standing on either side of me, and they put the pip on my shoulders, and I became a second lieutenant in the Indian Army. Thereafter, in the Army, I was in the second eight. And those days, uh, the militancies are not really caught on. And uh, it was largely border guarding, which we were doing, and then peace stations. And so in 1988, after a stint in the infantry school, I decided to double up, and a beautiful young lady who had just finished her medicine came into my life, Dr. Renuka David. Renu, as we all know her, and she remained a constant companion. And, uh, you know, an army officer always enjoys working because his wife will take care of the children back home. So that's what she's been for me all my life. If you're enjoying this podcast and are inspired, make sure you subscribe to the Lead Talks podcast to receive inspirational talks every week. So that's a couple of photographs of our wedding, followed by this is opening the wedding gifts back then. Teddy bears were in fashion those days. And uh, then the kids came along, that's Alexander, an elder boy, all in military vehicles. So those days it was a jonga, and by the time my daughter came, it became the gypsy. So that's a time in the 90s when the militancy in the valley had really advanced to a large extent. And I was the second, second in command of my battalion. My daughter had just joined Holy Angels. Renu was here in separation with the children at Nandanam. And uh, I was posted in the Lola Valley in Kupwada. And there was a terrible set of militants at that point of time there. We got information of their hideout. So that day, that fateful day, you know, I used to always have my bulletproof jacket, and I had been a paratrooper, so my para jacket was there. So I just felt, you know, the para jacket is made of vaccine, so I took my para jacket, put a couple of magazines in my left pocket, and my trusty Bible in my right, and we headed out that night. We climbed the hill, and on the other side was a suspected hideout. We reached. We were coming down very quietly, all of us were in this position, uh, rounds were in the chamber, and we were coming down. And uh, what do we see? Just where this board is, I see down below a foreign militant. 
when he had his beard and he was fast asleep on top of his weapon and all the other fellows were inside so to cut a long story short it was a successful shootout and uh, we were able to eliminate those really nasty militants and once i saw that my men were safe and they were all taken position i pulled out my bible and read psalm 91 so that's why i said i don't think anyone would have read psalm 91 in the kind of situations i have a thousand shall fall at thy side and 10000 at thy right hand but it shall not come nigh thee only with thine eyes you thou shall behold the reward of the wicked in terms of service to the nation there are different callings and the calling of a military man in the defense of his nation at times leads him into such situations so this is a picture of us a very successful battalion in the valley at that time and then from there i got command of a battalion this was against the naga militancy and that's when i was not very happy because they were literally like kids with leo toys and i used to tell reno that i'm not very comfortable here and i tried to build a vocational training center there because it was largely unemployment that was driving them towards this and then from there i got posted to bangalore as a center commandant of an army training center the pineco training center and that's when i decided along with reno to make a career transition so my mba was in fighting militants so i was quite unprepared for business but i had been a commandant for so many years i had had the independence of command and so i wanted to be an entrepreneur so like all good service officers i thought i'll set up a man guarding services company but i took a resettlement course because i was taking voluntary retirement i was getting my full pension and while i was undergoing that resettlement course there was a class in the afternoon a time like this nobody wants to listen to a lecture so most of my friends we were six of us who were attending so the other five decided not to attend and i was the only person and a person came from the rbi and he met me he said colonel if you want to leave you can you're most welcome i'll mark you present i said no now that you come can you have, can we have a conversation tell me what you have to tell me and he told me about cash logistics and he told me about retail cash management and he said that there were just a couple of companies who just started giving retail cash management services in the country and that got my interest and from that moment onwards i started doing all due diligence on retail cash management and to cut a long story short today we are the largest retail cash management company in the country we have we work in over 13000 pin codes and 21% of our people are ex servicemen including the leadership so we also have taken the public 
that was announced in January. And with material success has come a keen desire. We were doing it in small, small amounts, but now a keen desire to move from success to significance. And for me, as I was in the army, the boys who died, they made all the difference. I don't think you will have any idea of the kind of the number of widows that are there right now as we speak. There are 14,258 widows, men who either in battle or in battle-connected situations, they have given their lives for the country. And so therefore, we have now an MOU with the army, and as an entrepreneur, it's my great desire, and we have a large number of uh, former service officers with us, that no child who is uh, the child of a bereaved widow should lose out on higher education. Of course, we are also in talks with the government with the Prime Minister's scholarship scheme, etc. But that's a, that's a commitment of our company to over-ensure this. So, I know my story is a little different from what you heard so far. I'll just summarize the few minutes that are left. The Bible means different for different people. It's a living word. What Psalm 91 means for me, probably doesn't mean the same for anyone else. But there are other stories, and you heard from other speakers, how, what a living word this is. So draw from it and keep it simple. My father's advice, build a, a working relationship with God. Remain in constant communion with God. Don't put your conscience on silent mode. And the other aspect is that you become a good Christian, not by any visible symbols, but by your thoughts, thought, word, and deed. And lastly, the example I gave of somebody from the RBI, when you pray to God, the messenger and the message, we never know from where it will come. So always have complete faith in the Lord, in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you very much. I'll request my wife, Renu, also to come up on stage. Because she's been as much a part of the entire, my difficult life in the armed forces. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much, Colonel. Uh, I think this is the closest you get to a soldier of Christ, literally. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, another wonderf wonderful round of applause for this lovely couple. Um, I request uh, Rajiv and Judith sure. uh, to hand over the memento uh, to Colonel. And rightly said, 
encrypted on it is Armor of God. Thanks for listening to the Lead Talks podcast. For more resources from Lead Talks, visit our YouTube channel and our website www.leadtalks.org. I look forward to connecting with you and hope you will join me again on the next podcast.